Some people make bold statements and claims about what they can and will do for you. But sooner or later, when you expect them to deliver on their promise or keep their word, they disappoint you. And that hurts, doesn't it? Well, hello again, friends. This is Sabbath Moons, a weekly broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church in Western Australia. My name is Erickson, and I'm the pastor of the Rockingham Church. Welcome. I invite you to stay tuned until the very end. And hey, why not call up a friend and invite them to tune in as well? That would be lovely. Let's begin today's broadcast with a beautiful medley entitled Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us. Shall follow me 
Welcome again to Sabbath Moods, and God bless you. Today, we're going to dive straight into the Word. Psalm 23, verses 1 to 6. As a matter of fact, that's the whole psalm. I'm going to read it from God's Word, the paraphrase. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I am never in need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside peaceful waters. He renews my soul. He guides me along the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the dark valley of death, because you are with me, I fear no harm. Your rod and your staff give me courage. You prepare a banquet for me while my enemies watch. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Certainly, goodness and mercy will stay close to me all the days of my life, and I will remain in the Lord's house for days without end. This, my friends, is such a beautiful psalm. In fact, it's one of the best-known passages of the Bible. Don't you agree? How many sermons have you heard on this psalm? But let's take another look at it. Let's look deep. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking. And here's what I have come up with. A big thing, one big thing about this passage is a relationship. Yes, a relationship. Now, this relationship is announced in the very first sentence. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. We see a relationship between a shepherd and a sheep. A relationship of lordship and sheepship, if there's such a word. Well, I just made it up, so there must be such a word. But we see a relationship of loving and giving on the one end, and trusting and receiving on the other end. And this dynamic results in a big word, not in terms of the number of letters or, or how difficult it is to pronounce, but in terms of its significance and its importance. And that word is R-E-S-T, rest. Now, the thing about this shepherdship relationship is that the shepherd owns the sheep and cares for them. Why? Because he made them. Psalm 100, that's another interesting psalm. I'm going to read with you from verse 1 to 3. Psalm 100, verses 1 to 3. It says this, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We could turn a few pages back to Psalm 95, verses 6 and 7, where we read something pretty similar. And here's what the psalmist says. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Friends, we were created by his own hands. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, and I'm reading from the International Standard Version, that the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, breathed life into his lungs, and the man became a living being. Yes, he formed us. He shaped us. He used his hands to make us. And that's why the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 that we are his workmanship. Or as the ISV puts it, we are his masterpiece. I like that. Again, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 8 verse 5 in the NIV, it says, For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. So there you go, sheep. This shepherd loves you because he created you. You're the best thing he has ever made with his own hands. You are the crowning 
act of his creative genius, you are his showpiece. You're special. You're precious. You're really, really, really special to him. And that's why the psalmist could, could say, He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Why? For the sake of his name. Something to think about as we take a musical pause. The song is entitled, All the Way My Savior Leads Me. Listening to Sabbath Moons on Faith FM, coming to you from the Rockingham Seventh day Adventist Church. I'm Erickson. Good to have you tuned in today. Let's take an instrumental entitled He Leadeth Me. Stay tuned to Sabbath Moons.
Welcome back to Sabbath Moods. A few years ago, I visited a church where the pastor preached a wonderful sermon, during which he said the word, wow, W-O-W, and then he dared his audience to try saying it backward, wow. <laughs> uh, I really love being a sheep. My, my sheepship makes me want to worship his lordship. Okay, maybe let's try a new word. My, my sheepness, yeah, it sounds better, makes me want to worship his greatness. Oh, forgive me, I just love playing with words. But let's go back to Psalm 23. Uh, let's look again. Look deep. Look, do you see what I see? Do you see how many times the psalmist says that the shepherd does this or that or the other? Here's what he says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. He says, for the you are with me, your rod and staff comfort me. You prepare a table for me. You anoint my head with oil. Friends, the shepherd is doing all the work. And the sheep, what are they doing? Uh, they're only going along, following where the shepherd leads, resting in green meadows, lying beside the, the quiet pools, comforted by the rod and staff, sitting at the table prepared for them, and feeling the oil just flow over their heads. And because all of this is so life-giving, the sheep only have one desire, one desire, and that is to live, to dwell, to remain in God's house, in His presence, for days without end, forever. So the role of the sheep is therefore a passive, receptive one. And that's not bad. That's not bad, really. Because the shepherd would like it to remain just that way. Hey, wait, can, can you imagine what would happen to the relationship if the sheep decided to take their own way? Or if they decided to, to look for their own green pastures? Can you imagine the sheep choosing to go alone through the valley of the shadow of death? Or trying to get their own food while surrounded by their enemies? No, 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 no. That's a recipe for disaster, my friends. A recipe for failure. The shepherd does it all. The sheep's job, if we can call it a job, let's say the sheep's role or its part, is simply to accept what the shepherd has already graciously provided for their well-being and simply to rest in the knowledge that it is done. Now, if you had sheep with the attitude that says, I've got to help my shepherd because I don't think he can handle it all, you'd probably say to your sheep, now you back off. Stop trying to do it yourself. Quit trying to help me. Rest. Chill. It's done. It's finished. Isn't that what you'd say? And so the psalmist says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. He, 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 not I, I, I. Now, you don't know where I'm going with this, but if you want to get there with me, I need you to stick with me for the rest of the broadcast. So it's he, 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 not I, I, I. And that's why in Psalm 100, verse 3, the writer correctly penned these words. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. Not we ourselves. Stop trying to do it yourself. Rest, or as some might say, take a chill pill. It's already done. It is finished. Remember that phrase? It is finished. Stay tuned, my friends. I'll be right back.
There's a line that is drawn through the ages On that line stands an old rugged cross On that cross a battle is raging Gain a man's soul or his loss. On one side march the forces of evil. All the demons and all the devils of hell. But on the other, the angels of glory, and they beat on the Golfus Hill. The earth shakes with the force of the conflict. And the sun refuses to shine For there hangs God's sun in the balance And then
finished indeed it is. What a fitting climax to a, such a majestic song. But we're not yet finished here on Sabbath Moods, okay? But lots more to share with you, so stay tuned to Faith FM 88.0. Sabbath Moods on Faith FM with Erickson. Now let's go back to the It Is Finished, which I'd like to call the Friday Afternoon Victory Cry. You know why? Because it takes me right back to two of the most significant moments in the history of humanity. The first one is recorded for us in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 1. Here's what it says. Here's what it says. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Were what? Finished. There you go. You have it. And all the hosts of them. So God had just finished his work of creation, culminating with his signature act, his masterpiece, the creation of humans, male and female. That's you and me. Well, Genesis chapter 1 verse 31 said that God looked at everything he had made and he thought it was, quote unquote, very good. Every previous time, he had said that it was good, but this time, it was very good. And by the time he created Adam and Eve, the first humans, he had already provided everything for their well-being. They opened their eyes and found a finished work. It was perfect. Not just good, but very good. And all they had to do was what? Ah, did they have to help God to finish it? No, no. All they had to do was simply rest. 
rest like the sheep, rest, rest in what their maker had already accomplished, what he had done for them. Their relationship with God entered its first full day not in working, but in resting in his finished work. Did you get that? Because there was nothing that they could have done, or nothing they could have added to make it better. But check this out. Watch this. The very next verse, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 2, introduces the day of rest. It says this, And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. Verse 3, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So who does all the work? God. In the beginning, he did it all. And like the shepherd in Psalm 23, he continues to do it all. And then comes what? The rest into which the sheep are invited to enter. Isn't that beautiful? I'd love to be sheep. In fact, by God's grace, that's who I am. So the first one was at creation, where it was finished, and God rested. The second significant moment where we hear that Friday afternoon victory cry, it is finished, was on the cross of Calvary. The Gospel of John chapter 19 verse 30 says this, So when Jesus had received the sorrow wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. But, but take a look at this. The next verse says, Watch this, very significant in light of what we've just talked about. The next verse, verse 31 says, Therefore, because it was the preparation day, that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So on the cross, Jesus announced that his work of redeeming man was accomplished. Done. Finished. Nothing could be added to it. Never again would he have to sacrifice his life to save humanity. Once and for all, he did it. D-O-N-E. Done. Hello. What's going on here? Whoa, what did you, what did you see here? Let's notice this. Back at creation. Finished work, followed by rest. Sabbath. At Calvary, finished work, followed by rest. Sabbath. Is this some sort of a pattern? I think so. I think it's absolutely clear that this is a pattern with how God works on behalf of humanity. Now, the implications for us as his sheep, they're quite far-reaching, friends. I can't possibly touch all of them today, but I'll highlight just two for the purpose of this presentation. The first one is this. If you're still working, trying hard to earn your way to heaven, trying to accumulate points in the bank of eternity by following religious customs and carrying out church-related duties, if you are still seeking to get it right but never succeeding, you're starting out with New Year's resolutions, but you're failing miserably after a few short days. If you're still grading your spiritual life on your performance, then you're not resting. You're struggling. You're still working hard. Sabbath has not started for you yet. You need to hear that Friday afternoon victory cry. It is finished. You need to hear the Savior's kind invitation Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And that's found in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. Friend, you cannot truly enjoy Sabbath rest if you're not resting by faith in the finished work of Jesus. For it is Jesus who truly gives rest.
Welcome back, friends. As I was saying before the musical break, that first of all, if you're still trying to work your way to heaven, then you have not accepted that it is finished. You're not resting. You need to hear the Savior's invitation in Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That was number one. Number two, number two, think about your own day-to-day life. How do you spend your week? Working, of course. But what happens? Does that Friday afternoon victory cry, it is finished, serve as your invitation to enter into the rest of Sabbath? Or do you find that your wheels of productivity must keep right on turning on the next day? Are you in perpetual DIY mode? Do it yourself. Oh no, Lord, I can't rest now. I got to do it myself. Friend, make no mistake. The observance of the seventh day of the week as the Lord's Sabbath makes a very loud statement. Indeed. Anybody, anybody who can cut all ties to productivity, to profit-making, to bread-winning, to self-seeking for 24 whole hours, now that makes a statement that goes something like this. It is he, 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 not I, 
I, I. He's the one providing. He's the one supplying. He's the one keeping. He's the one doing it all. It's not by my effort. It's by His grace. Make sense? Now, God tried to teach the Israelites that lesson way back in antiquity. There they were, slaves in Egypt, oppressed by Pharaoh for 400 years, unable to extricate themselves from that miserable situation. But God heard their cry. And because of the covenant he had made with their forefathers, he sent them Moses, a deliverer. Now God broke the stranglehold of Pharaoh, and under Moses, he brought out almost a million Israelites across the burning sands, through the Red Sea, into the Sinai Desert. Talk about doing it all. Yes, God did it all. It was He, He, He. Now, as soon as He got them out, He decided to teach them a lesson of God dependence. And guess what He used to teach them that lesson? Aha, it was the Sabbath. Check this out for yourself. In Exodus 14, Exodus 14 relates the crossing of the Red Sea. In chapter 15 records the song of Moses and the journey from the Red Sea to Elim. And in the very next chapter, chapter 16, up comes the test. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 16, verses 4 to 5, and I read, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. Notice who's doing it? God's doing it all. I will rain bread from heaven for you. It says further, And the people shall go out and gather a certain quarter every day, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Watch this. That I may what? God says that I may test them. Could it be that God is still testing us with the same test? Hmm. And notice what he said, I will test them to see if they will obey me, to see if they will trust me, to see if they will learn to depend on me. I freed them from Egypt. I brought them across the Red Sea. I delivered them from their enemies. And now I'm going to send bread from heaven. I've done it all and I will continue to do it all. Let me see if they will trust me and rest in me. Friend, I thank God that He is so good. He does it all for us, every day of the week. It is based on a relationship. He is Lord, and we are the sheep. He made us, and He loves us, and invites us every Sabbath to quit trying, yeah, to give up the struggle to lay down our cares and our burdens, and to simply rest. I want to read for you Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 to 11. And here's what it says. So then, there remains a rest to the people of God. For he who has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Therefore, let us labor to enter into that rest, lest anyone fall after the same example of unbelief. There you have it, friend. God wants us to rest in Him. Stay tuned to Sabbath Moods.
You're listening to Sabbath Moons on Faith FM 88.0. A number of years ago, McDonald's, now called Macca's, had a slogan. It said, we do it all for you. One day, a customer asked that his food be delivered to his family sitting in the corner. When the store manager refused, the customer took McDonald's to court and forced them to drop the slogan. Hmm, they weren't serious about doing it all for you, were they? Their motive was profit, so they were attempting a gimmick. But friend, God's not dangling a carrot in front of you. He and Jesus have been running that old slogan now for as long as this earth has been in existence. And they're not about to change it. They're dead serious. Jesus proved that when he came to this earth as a baby, lived among us, and died a shameful death on Calvary's cross. He did it all for you. And now he is in heaven at the Father's right hand. Again, all for you. And one day soon, that's the biggest promise, one day soon he will return all for you. That's the good news we proclaim here on Sabbath Moods and on Faith FM. And finally, there was a singer called Brian Adams who sang, I would fight for you, I'd lie for you, walk the wire for you, yea, I'd die for you. You know, it's true. Everything I do, I do it for you. Dying for someone is the ultimate sacrifice, isn't it? Well, Brian Adams didn't make that sacrifice, but Jesus did. On that Friday afternoon when he cried out, it is finished. It was for you. Yes, for you, my friend. It was for you. And so as you listen today, I want to ask you, have you responded to that love? Have you said, thank you, Lord Jesus. I acknowledge that it's you, you, you. Not just I, I, I. Have you? Do you want to do that today? Do you want to accept all that Jesus has already done for you and simply believe it? Do you simply want to say thanks for the gift that you've given me? Well, in that case, would you like to pray with me? Father and God, we thank you. Thank you for revealing this beautiful truth to us. You are our maker and you are our shepherd. We're just your sheep and you love us so much as you've done everything for us and will continue to do everything for us. Lord, we accept it and we enter into your rest today. Give us that eternal rest and peace as we surrender ourselves to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. hour, you have been listening to Sabbath Moods, a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church in Western Australia. The Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church meets every Saturday morning from 9.15 at number 21 Wanless Street in Rockingham for Bible study, fellowship and worship. We also have a small group Bible study and prayer meeting on Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8. You're welcome to visit us whenever our doors are open. 
Our mailing address is P.O. Box 368, Rockingham, WA 6168. You can also visit our website, rockingham.adventist.org.au, or find us on Facebook. You can also leave us a message on telephone number 0476-416-740. Well, I'm glad that you were able to tune in today, and I invite you to catch this broadcast next week, Friday afternoon, at this same time, right here on Faith FM. Until then, this is Pastor Erickson, on behalf of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church, saying, May God bless and keep you. Take care, and bye-bye. Thank you.